0: The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org.
1: This week we've been applying kindness and compassion to an area of experience that needs these happy hour practices as well as our patients. And that is the hindrances and obstacles to mindfulness or awareness that come up in meditation and daily life. And by the way, these are not anomalies. These are a normal part of human experience, quite natural, and are in a way a gift because they help us see how we've been conditioned and what the pathway is going to be towards freedom. So last night, we were becoming aware of various states of energy as we mm-hmm. practice. Um, practices, you know, as we practice, does the energy rise, times that the energy might sink. And we looked at the third hindrance of sloth and torpor when the energy tends to sink, and the body and mind can become lethargic. And when the body and mind become sluggish in this way, the kindest thing we can do is actually engage more discerning ways to practice. So this is a time when kindness does not mean going along with it. Uh, Being aware of sloth and torpor, yes, absolutely. But giving up and giving in, no. (laughs) So something that's equally important to engaging energy and finding ways through sloth and torpor equally important is not just the level of energy that we're experiencing practice and being aware of rises and falls and how the energy is, but also the quality of how energy is being experienced in the body and heart mind. How does it feel? And the fourth hindrance is one that can um, occur when there's very high energy in the mind and the body and it's it's bouncing around in some unhelpful ways. And this fourth hindrance is referred to as restlessness and worry or restlessness and remorse. So when we're suffering restlessness, there's lots of energy, but it's, it can be agitated or kind of overactive. Um, and sometimes this arises out of habits that are encouraged in our culture. We've often, many of us have developed developed the habit of being constantly busy, constantly active. Um, So that's one way that it can come up is just that there's so much activity and busyness. um, Maybe you've noticed this, you can't necessarily just sit down in meditation and boom, it's gone. There's a settling process that's often um, the analogy that's given for it is a snow globe that gets shaken up, and our minds are a lot like that. But also, this uh, restlessness and worry can arise unconsciously sometimes when we don't want to be present with what comes up when things are quiet. Um, There may be various forms of discomfort um, or difficulty that we are pushing away by, by staying really busy all the time. If we're experiencing this fourth hindrance, the mind may jump around a lot or it can be caught up in rumination spinning on the same thing over and over. It can feel quite dissatisfied, distracted, and at the root of that sometimes is anxiety. Anxiety is a thought production machine. So it will stimulate the mind and the mind will just go on and on. The body can feel like it can't sit still, can't get comfortable, wants to fidget, maybe even wants to jump up off the meditation cushion and go do the next thing. So when it's a physical experience like that, becoming aware that there's high energy and giving it lots of space to just kind of ping pong through the body without moving physically, um, you know, without changing positions in the meditation, within reason, it can calm down over time. It's important not to give in to the impulse to move when there's restlessness present. Even if the mind argues strongly for it. Now, there is, you know, uh, a time when the body is experiencing pain that is an indication that one should move. But restlessness has a different character. It's like uh, almost wanting to bolt. So. there are ways to work with that restlessness can also be way more subtle than this so you might be very peacefully meditating you might be very focused and settled and the mind gets just a little uh restless and it says you can hear it think how peaceful so that's a subtle form of restlessness Or maybe there's a little amazement or excitement about the experience you're having. Or there can be just a little pride or attachment to the experience. Those are all very subtle forms of restlessness. In terms of the worry or remorse part of this hindrance, we can be caught in regrets about the past. We can be caught in worry about the future. And if those experiences are very overwhelming and persistent, it can be important with regret to make amends either in actuality or in your own heart, make amends to people that you may have harmed. And if it's a uh, worry, it may be important if it's overwhelming to get the support of a counselor or therapist in working through what's happening there. High levels of anxiety can need that kind of support. Um, And there are plenty of levels of worry and regret that are experienced at a workable level where awareness of them in meditation can be the path towards them lightening up and lifting off. So um, as was mentioned earlier this week, this hindrance can be closely related to aversion um, it can feel aversive to be restless or be experiencing remorse. But there may also be strong emotions underneath it, like fear, frustration, resentment, dissatisfaction, or even um, there can be the action of over-striving in practice, like really trying to make things happen. All those things can fuel Restlessness. So we need to recognize the presence of these emotions in order to resolve if restlessness is is what's feeling it. Um, There can also be an event that we've just been through, a relational interaction that triggered the restlessness and worry. And it may be teaching us something about a way that we need to change that relationship um, or not engage in a triggering activity. So, becoming aware of restlessness, worry, remorse, and then being present with these Brahma-Vihara practices that we do, compassion, kindness, sympathetic joy, and equanimity, is a very focused way that can assist in calming them, especially compassion and um, kindness. Kindness is one of the big antidotes if you like many of us, tend to have an aversive, what's called an aversive type of personality. So maybe you lead with, oh, I don't like that. I I don't want this experience to stay this way. And it's a persistent visitor. Um, Loving kindness practice is considered to be an excellent antidote for that. Um, So with those comments or reflections as a background, let's see what this evening's practice brings for us.
2: Taking your time to settle into this meditation. Perhaps taking a few longer, slower, or deeper breaths. And as you breathe, if there's preoccupation in the mind or
1: tightness or tension in mind, heart, or body,
2: and it can be set aside for the evening, allowing it to soften. If not, allowing it to be just as it is, simply with kind awareness. And perhaps with awareness, noticing the state of mind right now. The mind might be calm or agitated, it might be distracted or quite settled, contracted or expansive. Wanting something or free of wanting, resisting something or accepting what is here right now. Many other ways the state of mind could be just allowing the awareness to receive the state of mind. Just as it is right now, right now Awareness of how the state of mind or emotions are felt in the body, allowing it of uh, feeling it. letting experience move through at its own rate or persist and be noticed. If the body has difficulty getting comfortable or coming to stillness, simply acknowledging what's here and if you're feeling that inner state perhaps even a soft very quiet mental note in the mind oh restlessness There's no need to be reactive towards that, simply noticing restlessness with compassion. If there is some restlessness, perhaps turning your attention to following the flow of the breath, aware of every detail, the beginning of the in-breath, feeling it, knowing it throughout the in-breath. Beginning of the out-breath. Experiencing it all the way through the out-breath and
1: continuing, renewing that attention to the details
2: of the breath gently again and again. Staying with it. Aware of whatever is arising in the mind or the body,
1: whether the mind is jumping around or ruminating, if those are present, noticing it with compassion.
2: It's not easy to have the mind doing that. Allowing yourself to notice and perhaps mentally note, uh, uh, ruminating about the past, or worrying about the future, if either of those come up. And with that noting, then simply returning to what's arising in the present moment. Taking your time, no need to rush. If restlessness and worry,
1: or either one, is a frequent visitor for you, allowing yourself to bring that to mind and heart, perhaps bringing to mind
2: others who, whom you know experience that, whether or not you experience it. Just noticing with compassion
1: how that affects the body, the heart, and the mind.
2: How afflictive it can be. How difficult. Recognizing how much energy gets expended. How exhausting it can be. And per, uh, if you are holding these people,
1: including yourself, that suffer worry or suffer ref- restlessness, extending wishes of support to yourself and
2: maybe to all people who suffer from this. May our bodies, hearts, and minds find well-being. Ease. May we experience ease in the present moment, letting the past fall away. May we be free of the difficulties of the past, leaving them in the past. And may we be free of worry about the future. May this heart, mind, and body find balance in the present moment. Just being here and now. Continuing with these wishes at your own pace, in your own way. So by bringing kindness and compassion
1: to awareness of any of these states of energy that are created by the mind, mental activity, mental reactivity, this kindness and compassion helps us begin to be aware with some level of acceptance. This is what's going on right now. And by being aware of this is going on right now, We don't have to be pushed and pulled quite so much by these hindrances or by these states of mind. So this evening, as we go into the breakout groups, a possible reflection you could consider with one another is how has the practice of compassion, loving kindness supported you in working with restlessness and worry, if you've noticed that? or supported you in working with the way our energy states can vary. Um, So as usual, these breakout groups are a fantastic opportunity actually to notice energy levels in the body as we sit and each person shares one brief thing, and then lets the next person take their turn and goes around the circle. As you hear other people share, as you wait for your turn, sometimes there's a tendency to Prepare what you're going to say, and that can be associated with a certain level of either restlessness or worry or energy in the body. Just watching that, noticing what's happening as you're waiting, noticing what's happening as you're sharing, and learning from that. And then there's this kindness and compassion we extend to one another by not uh, commenting on each other's sharing. Just accepting fully what other people are saying, and let them letting them have their time to say it. Not offering advice, and uh, perhaps uh, the groups can go in the sequence of uh, person whose last name begins closest with the letter A, and working our way through the alphabet. We'll ten we'll spend ten minutes in the rooms, and um, if you find yourself in a room where you end up alone, don't worry. I'll find you, and I'll move you to
2: a room where there's another person. So please enjoy the 10 minutes. Welcome back, everyone. We now have
1: about nine minutes for anything that you learned. Any comments,
2: questions, inspirations? Yes, Jerry, please. Um, Thanks, Liz, for an excellent uh, guidance
3: earlier today and uh, also instructions. And um, I guess... uh, You know, I was thinking, I was talking to a colleague a couple of days ago, and perhaps it's generational, but often at convocations of liberal arts colleges, it's uh, follow your heart and as the instructions. And sometimes I think that feelings can, you know, both feelings and thoughts pass through us, but they can cause. Both joy and sorrow, and also sometimes destruction, as well as great things. Um, and I was thinking about how impermanent they all are, and so it's uh, it's helpful today to sort of uh, sort of notice some of these um, impediments to
1: contentment. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry, you. I think I interrupted you. You were I was about just to... thinking,
3: like worry or uh, concern about the past or the future. It's best just to stay in the here and now.
1: Yeah, yeah, and there You know, I think we each are working in some ways on a wise relationship with emotions. I mean, they're they're very interesting, aren't they? They're sort of shorthand that the body and mind encode for experiences we've had. And so they tend to come through regularly, as you said, pleasant, unpleasant. But sometimes there are some that I really have started to question, should I believe this one? You know, it's just kind of an artifact of the past. Very interesting, this process of being with them and being with the mind and how it works with them. So, thanks very much, Jerry. And Jennifer.
0: Hello. Hey. Um, I'm feeling that it's necessary for me to sometimes get out of the thinking and the theories and all the, the lists and, you know, five of these, four of these. And today, <laughs> I really focused yesterday, too, on going back to why I chose to be a Buddhist. And loving kindness is a very, very important part of my practice, and continuing on with what Jerry said, but being in the here and now and I felt like I don't know if it works, but' practicing my loving kindness um, yesterday last night and today on what's going on in Hawaii, and I really really like the traditional um, meditation of sending it to a specific group or a um, uh, you know, in the, in all the different directions, and that feels better for me. I feel like it's getting uh, to a point where sometimes too much thinking is, uh, for me, like self cherishing. It's too like oh, it's too it becomes too ego oriented. I have to get out of my head and into you know that myth of you know like that. I think I'm a. Uh, I want to do um, the monk kind of things. Like really send out the loving kindness because that's a part of it for me. So that's why I'm sort of shifting my focus out of listening and thinking so much, thinking, thinking. And it's kind of nice to get out of the head and really focus. I don't know if it makes a difference, but I like to hope that all the people, if we say prayers for them and the prayers for people who are helping them, that it it makes a difference. I think this is a foundation of the study uh, as I understand it. Mm -hmm. So I hope this isn't in discord with your teachings. Not at
1: all. I'm appreciating what you're benefiting from here. And I'm delighted that you've been enjoying this practice of sending loving kindness. And to those who are having difficulty right now. Beautiful. Thank you, Jennifer. Thank you. Yeah. Ruth, please um speaking of Hawaii I was thinking of I had just
0: watched the news and saw the destruction in in, the, uh, in Maui I also have their two teachers there that started Vipassana Mehta and I don't know um if their place is burned down they've been traveling uh the world teaching retreats I don't know if they're back but um my heart kind of just goes out to them and out to the people suffering and it's Like ways of wanting to send comfort and ease to them. Um, It's unbelievable suffering they're going
3: through.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much, Ruth. Mm -hmm. So, sending our compassion and our loving kindness to Kamala Masters and Steve Armstrong, who have this Vipassana Metta um, site, and also to everyone in Hawaii. It's a beautiful thing to send that. Send those wishes right now and to people all over the world who are suffering. So many places. Raphael, please.
4: Um, thank you for your teaching today. As always, um, I was wondering if you could say a little something about um, losing the path, maybe more than a little momentarily um i feel like i've been going in a direction that's been really helpful for me and um i just recently feel like i kind of unwittingly fell off the dhamma bandwagon for you know a couple days week and i feel some regret and shame around it and i'm wondering um You know nothing grave happened but just kind of regretting some of the ways that i acted and i wondered if you could say a little something about Mm -hmm. forgiveness for self or how to work that out a little bit
1: yeah yeah it sounds like there's already quite a bit of wisdom in what you're experiencing and that you're saying you noticed that you fell off and you noticed that you didn't like some of the behaviors that happened and now you're, you're noticing these feelings of regret. And so the emphasis, you know, it's not a question of if, it's a question of when each one of us has our moments when we do something unskillful or unwholesome or we fall off the practice um, for whatever length of time, you know, that is for us. But the important thing is what we learn from it. First of all, to f- I I would say, number one, whether it's happening in microcosm during a meditation where, you know, the mind drifts away and then it comes back, um, or it's happening on a bigger scale. When we come back, really land on that. Feel good about that. Awareness is back. The practice is back. The awareness, oh, when I don't do the practice every day, maybe my behavior goes off a little bit. And then what did I learn from that behavior? What would I, what um, is important to me in this moment? What value is being expressed with the regret? So I find it helpful sometimes to use these things as messengers where this practice heart and mind are telling me what it needs. You know, the regret is a messenger like, oh, it no longer works for me. Um, I, I really feel the hurt if I snap at someone, you know, or whatever the behavior is. Oh, I really, I feel the harm in that. That's a moment of recognizing your ethics are changing. So I wonder how this is landing for you, Raphael, to take it in that way.
4: Yeah, that's very helpful. That's a really good reminder. Um, I, I think sometimes I get a little caught up in wondering, like, how to make amends or atone, you know, um, Mm -hmm. and if that's necessary, I'm, I'm never really sure, but it seems like it starts first with myself and then.
1: Yes, definitely. To, um, as you said, forgive yourself and just say, okay, you know, what is it that this is telling me? that I'd like to take forward. And then, you know, one thing that I really appreciate about having friends, Dharma friends, or, or even just colleagues in my life is sometimes I've just checked it out with them. I've, I've gone to, uh, for example, colleagues and I've said "I, I had the good fortune to be attracted to this practice by three colleagues that just seemed qualitatively different. And, I, w- I would go to one of them and I'd say, oh, last night I, I did this and I said this and I really feel bad about it. And it was very interesting what response I got. You know, sometimes that's a thing the mind makes up. So this person would, th- more than once said to me, what, I didn't even notice that you did did or said that. Now I did notice though. So that was a learning opportunity for me. But it also helped me understand what was what was apparent and what was not apparent, what the the mind can magnify and what it can kind of uh tune in on. So thanks very much, Rafael. This is a really important area of reflection for all of us. And I, yeah. I see a question, um I, I realize we're two minutes over, but Padma, if you want to stay for a moment, I can answer the question that you've posed in the chat, and the, everyone else, um, thank you so much for being here tonight. And you can unmute and say good night to one another. Right. Be well. Thank
4: you, Liz. Good night. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Good night, all. you. Good, night.
3: good, night. good night. Be good safe. safe. Good
1: night.
3: Safe, everybody. Bye, Jerry. Bye. Bye. Thank you.
1: So I want to make sure I understand what you're asking first.
0: Yeah. So, you know, I noticed today, it's like, I think it happened before, but today was really big. So, you know, I was noticing my um, restlessness. A lot of it was just anxiety. And then I could feel in my body was just lumping and then I would keep adjusting it. But then at one point, it just like energy just like moved me to the right like this. Right, you know, so I'm like, wow, "Wow, where did that come from? You know
1: right, and um, there are times that people can notice involuntary body motions they happen, and um it 's hard to say why they happen. There could be all kinds of reasons they happen, but i 've learned just to relax with it and trust it, allow it. There is also a phenomenon in practice sometimes that if we 're we 're quite mindful and we 're meditating for a time. I've had it happen that the body will write itself in posture, not by my consciously correcting my posture, just bam, it'll align.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, It hasn't happened frequently, but it has happened. And so who knows the body, mind, and heart are one thing. So all these wonderful things that, that happen that we don't even completely understand. I just, I've learned to just allow and trust and Mm -hmm. be with them with. Okay. That happened. That was interesting. Yeah. So thanks for the question, Paul.: Thank you.: Thank, Thank, you.
4: Thank
2: you. See you all tomorrow, I hope. Good night: Bye. Thank you. Thank you.